What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. We're back again with another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal, and we have Gene Gorino. <laughs> All right. So today is going to be great. So Gene actually has trained thousands of investors and entrepreneurs throughout the United States on how to invest and operate residential assisting living homes. For over 25 years, he has been educating people on strategies of successful investing, business and self-employment. So this is a great topic. Um, I think you're the third guest that I have had on the show talking about, uh, well, is this, let me just differentiate, is this senior living assistance? Actually, it's assisted living in a residential setting. It's okay. a little different, not the Golden Girls, not a nursing home, it's right in between. Okay, all right, good, good, I like that. <laughs> the Golden yeah. Girls. So I, I've had, I've uh, interviewed uh, maybe two or three people who actually have that same strategy where they go out and they maybe have some new development where they're doing like a ranch style, one level house, um, you know, maybe for mental health or other types, some types of assisted living. And this is something that I've learned about probably maybe now two years ago. I haven't invested in it yet, but this is really, really um, a good niche in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And it's tough not to catch the shiny, shiny object syndrome because you hear the returns are great and you want to stay focused on what you're doing. Um, you know, and you do a lot of coaching and, and, and basically educating investors on how to be successful in this. But the first question I have for you before we jump to the interview is, why are you passionate for real estate investing? Well, for real estate investing, you know, I, I went to college, but just one year, really one semester, really two classes, and that was it. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not a school guy who's going to go to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. So for me, I actually got into it when I was a lot younger, 18 years old was my first house. Uh, so for me, it was just kind of an, it was, we did it for the business that we were in, but it became a very natural way to make a lot of money. And realistically, I mean, I was making more money in my early twenties than my father was as a college professor. So I never even looked the other direction, frankly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, it's amazing how you can actually take, uh, get into involved in this business essentially with no college degree and make yeah. more than someone who has all the degrees and accolades and everything. Yeah. And you see it every day. You actually see the uh, A students work for the C students. Well, they say <laughs> the A students work for the B students and the C students own a building. That's yep. true. <laughs> I, I know guys who have that, that license plate that literally say that, C student. So <laughs> my friend Kenny McElroy, that's his license plate. What got you into the, uh, to the assisted living? Is, is it something, was it an impact uh, situation or was it something that you saw was more profitable, profitable part of real estate? Or was it yeah. both a little bit? You know, the segue was I literally heard about it 20 years ago, but there was nobody there to teach me or show me how. But when my own mother started to need help, that's when it became very real. It wasn't just a real estate or a business thing. It was mom. And when I started to look and see what's out there, I realized there's a huge opportunity because I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I vowed to create it. And at that point, then it was, how do I learn this? And I had to go the hard route, which was to figure it out. And uh, so I got into it because I first heard about it as a business, very lucrative, but it was mom needing that help. And that wasn't until 
you know, 10 years ago, but about seven years ago when we did our first home, it's just been straight up since then. That's awesome. Now, are you guys doing any new developments or are you finding the outliers that's on the market on MLS that's sitting long, the ranch style, 5,000 square foot that nobody's touching? What type of assets are you looking for to acquire? Yeah, the, the big difference with what we do is there's two parts, real estate and business. And in this, you really only have to have one in order to, to make a lot of money. So I say to people, and I can go through all the numbers, you can make 10,000 a month from one single family home. So it's not a matter of I need to get 40 of these a month or I need to have 100 of these a year. You can have one or two or three and be just fine. So it's always about the location. If I were to say what kind of real estate, to, what's the asset I'm looking for? Single level is better than multi-level, bigger is better than smaller, more bathrooms is more important than more bedrooms because we can convert space into bedrooms, but adding bathrooms is more expensive. Uh, but there's a whole criteria, but it's about the demographics in the area. I don't want to be in a low-end area. don't want to be too high. There's a sweet spot in where to do it. Now, do you have to go for variances to get this stuff approved through the township to be able to have this type of setup? Because I know with like shelters and other types of assisted living, you have to go to get a variance and all that. Is that the same deal here? Every state's going to be a little different. So zoning and, and building codes are always local. But in general, there's going to be a path for you to be able to do residential assisted living for seniors. Uh, I think a lot of communities have gotten on group homes where it's uh, drug addiction or rehab or something like that. And I get it. There's a need for it. But And then some communities have also gotten on Airbnb. So rules are always fluctuating to some extent. But one of the cool things that I like about what we do is that this is a need that just keeps on coming. You know, the silver tsunami of seniors is not stopping and it. The baby boomers haven't even hit the shore. So there's no way that they can ultimately shut it down. Uh, but you need to know the rules of the game. So you may need a variance and it could be as simple as filling in paperwork and it could be more complicated. It could be, let's put a sign in the front, let the neighbors tell us what they think, which is never a good thing. <laughs> I was about to say, what? <laughs> you go across the street to another neighborhood where they don't have that privilege of doing that. So, so it's, it's $10,000 per home. So if, if someone has listed this podcast and say, no, Hey, per I month, have this per month, per month, I'm sorry. Yeah. $10,000. Per, per month for one home. So I have a, a one level ranch, maybe three or four bedrooms, you know, two bathrooms. I can pop another bathroom in. I go through the whole protocol. That's, that's one part of the business. That's the asset. The other side is the, the healthcare, right? Yeah. Is that what you call it? Healthcare? Well, it's not medical. So we're just going to call it the care or yes, the, the care. business side of it. Yes. But let me, let me dig into it a little bit. Cause I know that you guys are real estate oriented, which is where I started where I am. But the real estate is as important as it is. It's not the most important part. That's the easy part, frankly, because you could take the right location and scrape away the house, build a new or fix whatever's there. But in general, it, this is not your cookie cutter model of ranch, 1500 square feet, three bedroom, two bath. We're actually looking at bigger. So it might be four, five, six thousand square feet. It might be, you know, five or six bathrooms and we're adding in bathrooms. So it's going to be more of a substantial house in a nicer area. So switch it around for a minute. As an industry disruptor, this is a great way to cash flow big, huge properties that nobody else wants to buy or they're passing up because they're too big to buy and hold. They're maybe too much money for somebody to have a lot of capital in it saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix and flip it and hope it works out before the, the music stops and the musical chair games of fixing and flipping. It's a great place to be if you're really looking for some long-term solid residual income. And if you just want to do it on the real estate side, 
It truly is all about the location. The key to that scenario is finding the tenant first, the operator of that operation, the residential assisted living. When I find them first, then I can say, tell me what you want. Where do you want it? How big do you want it? And I'll go find it. And then you can charge them anything you want. We always talk about twice the fair market rent. So if that house normally rents for three grand a month, imagine renting it for six grand a month. And instead of a one-year lease, you have a five-year lease where they're taking care of all the maintenance and upkeep on the property. Now we have a whole different scenario for real estate investing. Mm, I like that. Twice the market's rent. Yeah, I mm -hmm. like that. That's a um, great opportunity for a real estate investor to get a property and market to that asset class. Now, the business side of it, yeah. what are some of the challenges that you see there that some people may drop the ball? Is, or is it the type of services they have that is set up or they don't have enough coverage per, per amount of people? What do you see there? Yeah, so you asked the perfect question. What's the biggest challenge? I love that question because the answer is simple, people. <laughs> it's not the real estate, the bricks and sticks, that's easy. It's the humans that are involved. So it starts with the manager, the caregivers, the resident, their families. It's all that people side. You know, I'm, later tonight, my wife and I will go out to a restaurant. And when you walk in the restaurant, it's like, oh, beautiful place. But it really doesn't matter about the place. It's who's the chef? How about the staff? Did they treat me right? And is the food good, right? But the house itself, the real estate, it's, hey, let's face it, I know I've eaten in some places that look pretty skanky on the outside and on the inside, but the food is so amazing, the chef is so good, I'm going to eat there, I don't care what it looks like. So it's, it's a business. So people, that's the biggest challenge. <laughs> and, and how do you guys set it up so it doesn't become a challenge? Is it certain processes you have in place when you're, when you're bringing on certain staff, like you say, okay, we have X amount of people who, who we're... Um, you know, assisting, we need to have X amount of people who's caring, we need to have rotation, you have that whole process and system set up. Yes. Yeah, so I think, and I want to start big picture, the first thing is decide how hands-on or hands-off do you want to be. When I first started this, it was, I don't want to be in the home on a daily basis, period. I'm not a caregiver, I'm not a manager, it's not my thing, it's not what I'm here to do. So my first thing was to find the right manager. So once you find the right manager, their thing is to hire the right caregivers, train them, retain them, and so on, and then to fill the house with the residents and make sure that the families understand the expectations. But I'm pretty far removed from all that because of the way I set up my business. If somebody owns a McDonald's, they're, hopefully they're not behind the counter you know, making the fries. They're sitting in an office looking at the numbers. But there's a manager in place. There's employees in place. Somebody calls off the manager, gets somebody to fill the shift. All of those things, that's, that's kind of how it works in this business as well. So just most people who are listening, they're not interested in a job. They, they yeah. want to own a business or they want to own the real estate that the business is being operated in. So if we start with that premise and set yourself up right, I go see the properties. We do trainings and we do a tour and go see the properties when we do that. That's pretty much the only time I'm there at the properties. I don't go to them on a daily basis. I might have a phone call or a, a Zoom call or something like that. but I'm rarely there, once every six or eight weeks. That's awesome. What do you think the biggest risk is in this business? Uh, people. <laughs> you know, it, it's- Challenge the biggest you know, risk, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of people always ask about liability when they talk yeah. about old folks yeah, and so on. But the reality yeah. is we know exactly what's gonna happen. They're gonna move into the house and eventually they're gonna pass away. It's not a surprise. It's not like, oh my goodness, mom is 90 years old and she passed away. No, we know it's coming. So. The difference is we know it and we have insurance for it, professional liability insurance, which absolutely rarely ever gets used. 
because we do a good job. We're, we're not negligent. We've got great people, team members, employees, and so on. Uh, but everybody has the right expectation. They know what's going on. When you think about it, if you move your mom into my home, my goal is for your mom to live forever. You know, I want her to be there forever. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure she's healthy and happy and fun, having fun and the whole bit. I don't want, to ever, I don't want her to ever leave because that's bringing in five, 6,000 a month. I don't want that person to check out for any reason. Yeah. So our goals are aligned. And actually, sometimes we want them to stay longer than their family does. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you lose money in a business? I mean, it can't be everything is peaches and cream. I mean, there is some things that you probably learned in a way and lost yeah. money, learned some lessons. I mean, what can you tell someone who's looking to invest in someone passively, which they look out for, or someone who's looking to do this themselves? Yeah, I wrote a whole book on investing in senior housing. But one of the most important things, if you're going to be the investor, it's the operator. So when you think about an apartment building, if you're going to write a check, here's hundred grand in a syndication, I'm getting a rate of return. I'm getting 8% of my money in a, a liquidation event at the end, I get a big chunk. But in this business, it's, you know, that's relatively easy because people need a home. It's either, or an apartment, it's either full or it's not. There's a property manager and so on. This one is a business. So there's a lot of humans and a lot of moving parts that are going on. So the, the challenges of the place, you know, let's face it, if your income should, can be here, let's say you're licensed for 10, five grand a piece, that's 50,000 a month, but you're not full and you only have seven people in there, well, that 15,000 a month is missing, right? It's gone. So challenge one is you're not full. So how do we stay full? Challenge two is your expenses are too high, right? You're paying too much or you're doing things you shouldn't do and we need those to be in line. So there's this much money to be made, but the... The key is making sure that you're as full as you can be and your expenses are reasonable but not too expensive. And then that profit is about 20 to 30% of the gross income should fall to the bottom line if you're doing things right. Yeah. What are, what are some of the things that you guys have in place in a home to, to keep the, the seniors or people happy? Is it like you keep them a set of separate group stuff, things going on at the manager who's running it, that yeah. you have things that you put in place just to keep it like a fun environment? What are some of the things you guys do? You know, I have your own little niche, but you know. Yeah, when I when I first got into this, I had visions of you know sugar plums and fairies. I figured I'm gonna have a band. <laughs> it's gonna be wrapped. We're gonna take them out to the opera. No, <laughs> grandma's 90 years old. She doesn't leave the house very often. Yeah. Right? So realistically, you know, the two biggest forms of entertainment in America today are TV and food, right? So the first thing is you got the you got the best package on TV you can possibly get. HBO, all the sports channels, big TVs. And I'm half joking, but I'm serious. And there's TVs in every room. And the food, the food has to be great. Beyond that, we actually do have uh, independent contractors that come in and do music and pet therapy and yoga and stretching and fun stuff like that. All kinds of volunteers that come in to sing and dance and do stuff like that. But, you know, somebody who's, nobody moves into assisted living unless they're older and need assistance. So by that point, what they really want, their biggest entertainment, would be for you and I to come visit them. You know, that's it. It's not a, it's not a guitar player or a sing-along or movie night. It's yeah, they would love to have their kids come in. Yeah, that's awesome. When I, I see you're, you're educating and training people in this, how did you get into that part of it? To, uh, I guess that's your give-back thing. You educate and train people how to do it successfully. Let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, I, I would love to say it's just altruistic and I do it for that, but I... I'm a teacher by nature. So as soon as I started to do this, people were asking me immediately, will you teach me and show me how? And I'm like, absolutely. So we started to do classes and that was six plus years ago. And there was seven people in the first class, then 12. 
Now we have 100 people in each class, and we do it eight times a year. People come from all over the country, even internationally, to the training that we do. And that training itself, I love it. We have such a fun time doing it. It's my highlight of the of the month. It, it really is a lot of fun because I do love to teach. I love to see the sparkle in somebody's eye when they get it. And then I love to go visit their home when they had the open house. So the training itself, I what I also love is that it's, it's designed the way I want to learn. I don't want to go to school, sit at a desk for a year and say, okay, I get a grade. Just teach me what I need to know as fast as you can. Give it to me the way that it's real world, good, bad, and ugly. And that's what we talk about. We'll be in the class and immersion training. Then we go out and see it because you're going to learn a lot more when you see it with your own eyes and touch it and feel it and smell it. And it smells good. And I explained to you why. So we go through the whole process. And by the end, somebody knows what to do and it's up to them to decide, are they going to do the real estate, the business, both, or it's just not for them. That's yeah. something too. Where can people find more, more of this stuff out? Is that at Residential Assistant Living Academy? Yeah, you can go there, but I'm going to make it even easier for you. I'm going to give you a real simple website, ral101.com. Okay, yeah, I just see that. ral101.com. Make sure you guys check that out. This is good stuff, man. I know that this is impactful and profitable. You know, yeah. you get to help people and make some capital. And that was one of the things that resonated with me when I found out about this asset class because I invest in mortgage notes, and that's something that's impactful, helping keeping people in the home instead of foreclosing and putting them out. You have the power to restructure the loan and generate some income from it. It's, it's profitable. Um, you know, it has its risks like every other business, but um, I, I get it. I understand it. And this is, um, it's definitely something I want to do, but I'm just focused on what, I, what I'm doing now. So, um, but I do connect other people with people like yourself who may say, hey, I found out about this and there's nobody in New Jersey at this part who's doing it. And this is the people who you need to talk to. This is who I can connect you with. So, Definitely, I'll be sending more people your way, man. I really, I really appreciate it. You have yeah. a podcast on this? You've run, you're not doing a podcast on assistant living or anything? No, we do. I just, I don't do it with guests. I just blab and then they, they put it out there. So we have a podcast on that. Okay, and, okay. Uh, That's a unique way, yeah. No, yeah. what you do isn't easy. People don't appreciate it. Like lining up guests, being there at the right time, recording and putting out. It's, <laughs> it's a work. It's a job. So I appreciate you doing it. Yeah, for sure, man. And I have like a five-minute rule. So I usually... I set people for a time and it's like five minutes later, I'm like, boop, I'm out. Because it's a lot to put it together, set up and get it ready. And then, you know, people are busy. Sometimes they forget and stuff like that. So I get it. I appreciate it. Well, mm -hmm. I think definitely thank you for coming on to the show and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. And we run in the same circles and the mastermind and everything. So mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity to learn more about, you know, what you do and how it helped and, and the impact that you have with these homes that you are you're doing. And it's good to see someone who was actually investing in it and someone who's showing other people versus someone's being a guru and saying, this is how you do it. And they yeah. don't actually actively do it. So <laughs> that's another reason why I want to bring in the show because I know you are a real operator yeah. who can actually help somebody figure out, you know. Yeah, let me, let me just share this last little piece is that, you know, and I always say this to people, you're going to get involved in senior housing and assisted living one way or the other. You're either going to own the real estate, the business, or both. Or you or a family member is going to be lying in a bed writing a check to somebody who does. Mm. And if nothing else, do at least one of these homes for yourself. Because a lot of people walk into our homes, they tour the home, and we say it's five grand a month. And they're like, oh my goodness. If they owned the home, they could have moved into the master bedroom and lived for free. And have 10 people paying them five grand a month. So leave a blessing to your kids, not a burden. There's yeah. my encouragement for you. I like that. 
cash flow, even <laughs> even yeah. when you you know at, at that stage in your life. You're six feet under, and the cash is still flowing. <laughs> That's awesome. This is great, man. Another great episode of PFREI, a passion for real estate investments. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that other social media stuff that's out there. We're all over. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you for coming on the show today. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.